Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey there, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy. I'm so glad you set aside the time to tune in to today's episode. Today's episode is a treat with repeat guest and my good friend, Dr. Tracy Dalgleish. All right, let me set the stage. Dr. Tracy wrote a book, and I, I really got to share this story with you about her book. My husband is not a book reader, and this has actually been a point of contention between the two of us because I really want him to be a part of the learning and the growing as a partner and human and parent. And I'm a book reader, and I want him to read these books, and he's it's just not his thing. And we have found other ways for him to be a part of that process with me through video courses, podcast episodes, audiobooks. But the other day, I walk into our bedroom and he's laying in bed and he's reading a book. And I was like, what is happening? And it's Dr. Tracy's book. I didn't sign up for this. A couple's therapist shares real life stories of breaking patterns and finding joy in relationships, including her own. And I'm like, babe, what you doing? And he was like, I just, it's really good. He was on chapter four. And I hadn't even read it yet. I had just gotten in the mail. Uh, it's, you can get it on pre-order right now. It's, it's coming out soon. And I had just gotten it. He read the back, found it interesting, started reading. And he was on chapter four. And I was like, what is happening? And he was like, we should read this together. And I was like, yes, <laughs> my love. You are speaking my love language. And we are now reading it together. And it's incredible. This book is such a beautiful reflection of Dr. Tracy's knowledge and wisdom as a couples therapist and her gift of showing up as a real human and vulnerability as well, which just leaves you feeling like you're not alone and also leaving with what you can do next. Now in this episode, I I really wanted to dive into the topic of interdependence and autonomy with Tracy. So my husband and I, this is both something that both of us have really struggled with in the past, being able to ask for help, to be able to lean on someone, to feel like that's okay, ask for support, to know how to receive support. And so in this episode, we are diving into this topic of why we as millennial parents struggle so much with asking for help, with being able to depend on and lean on each other as partners, as humans, and also what this means for our children and ways in which we can show up for them so that, you know, they aren't 20, 30 years from now struggling with these same things, right? That we can break these patterns. Okay. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation with all of you and reintroduce you to, or, or introduce you to Dr. Tracy, if you don't already know her. And be sure to check out the link in the show notes for this book that my husband is also reading with me. So exciting. 
All right, let's dive in. You are listening to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas. I'm a mom to three and licensed marriage and family therapist. I am really glad that you took the time to hold space for you by tuning in to today's episode. My hope with this podcast is to share conversations with experts from around the world and parents who've been through it so that maybe you feel a little less alone in your experiences and the messy side of being a parent and being a human and so that you can walk away with supportive steps for what to do next. Listening to this episode is not a substitute for seeking support from a professional in your area. I believe that holding space and offering presence to both ourselves and others is truly one of the most meaningful ways that we can express care. And you are so deserving of that care. All right, are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, Dr. Tracy, my friend. Oh my gosh, it is always a joy to be in conversation with you, to see your face, to share our conversations with the world. I'm consistently inspired by you, and I am so excited for what's coming next for you. You wrote a book, and I I cannot wait for the world to have this book in their hands. And I would love to give you an opportunity to reintroduce yourself because this is not the first time you've been on Holding Space podcast, Uh, but to reintroduce yourself and please, please tell us all about this beautiful book you've written. Mm, Thank you, Dr. Cassidy. And let me just start by saying you it's such a gift to be able to sit across from you and for all of the downsides that we find in social media the upside is i know you and i have this shared value which is the connections we get to create and how meaningful they are and just you know if i had have told myself gosh the the new mom 8 years ago who didn't know what her identity was and who was struggling in her relationship with her relationship with herself and others If I could say to her, in eight years, you're going to be having these amazing conversations and connections with other amazing mothers and women, you got this. Like, I just, I'm like, (laughs) no, that's not possible. So thank you for having me back here with you. And I'm so excited to talk about my book and to share with you really what, what came behind that, um, So for those of you who don't know, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish. I'm a psychologist and couples therapist, and I always like to put those roles first, but truly the roles that I was not prepared for, and I should add in there a business owner. I co-own a mental health clinic here in Ottawa with my husband. It's called Integrated Wellness and my online courses as well, but the hardest role that I was the least prepared for was my entry into motherhood. And that is just, you know, how hard that is for us to have our identities turned upside down and for us to have to shed layers, reparent ourselves, and to come into the space of finding who we are today. Hmm. Yeah. So so I, I, I wrote this book. So the book is called, I Didn't Sign Up For This, A Couple's Therapist Shares Real-Life Stories of Breaking Patterns and Finding Joy in Relationships, Including Her Own. 
Look at that. Is that it's oh surreal? It's a real book for those listening. She's holding it up right now. I can see the cover. I didn't sign up for this. What an incredible title! Like I can, I can, I can identify so many moments where I myself had those thoughts and probably didn't voice them, but it was there and it was, it, it was, it was pulling on different experiences and reactions and oof, so much, so much behind those words. Yeah. And it's in so many different contexts as well. And what I found that continued to show up in sessions, not just with the couples I, w- I was working with, but also with the individuals, the women and the men, um, they continued to say things like, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for this um, toxic ex-wife that keeps interfering in our relationship for the family who's trying to blend. I didn't sign up for this mental load. It's all on me. I'm exhausted. I didn't sign up for my husband to not see my anxiety or understand what I'm feeling. And what then took me by surprise was also standing in the shower after having my second, not knowing what was water or tears, and crying the very same thing that my clients had expressed to me so many times before. Mm. I didn't sign up for this. Mm. I wrote this book in story because – we have lots of self-help. We have lots of ama- – I, I come after some amazing self-help relationship books that are stellar, that people need to have on their bookshelves and read with their partners. And when I thought of the book that I wanted – or when I thought of what I wanted to teach others, it was really about story, about showing that you are not alone in the really hard moments in your relationship. Mm -hmm. So many people sit in my office across from me saying, other people don't experience this. This has to just be me. And, you know, we were fighting all the time and I don't see a way through this. Is it just me? Is this me? Is this a me problem? And I wanted others to start to see the everyday problems that I sit in front of every single day and learn through those stories how we can heal, heal ourselves, but then also heal our relationships. It's one of the most, um, most meaningful gifts as a clinician is having that key to open the door and see, be invited in to see what happens behind closed doors. Because I have as as you just named here for yourself, so many behind closed door moments that in those, and it's always in the bathroom. I don't know why. It's like, it's always in the bathroom, (laughs) you know, like where, and it's it's usually like it started somewhere else and then you like escaped to the bathroom, right? But like those behind closed door moments where I'm just like, there is something deeply wrong with me. And the shame that comes with that. Mm. And then mm-hmm. the opening that happens when we begin to see that there isn't something wrong with us, that we're not alone in this. This feels hard because it really is fucking hard. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, um, I didn't sign up for this. Okay. 
I remind people that we didn't learn how to do this, this stuff, right? I mean, and when I say stuff, I mean the moment to moment, day to day interaction between you and the people you love. And we didn't go to school for this. Most people didn't have any kind of communication course or relationship seminar. And yet we're thrown into our relationships and we do what we know and what we know is familiar Mm -hmm. and safe, even when those things don't work for us, Mm -hmm. even when they fight against us. And not only did we not take, (laughs) was there no class or training or resources or support integrated into our development as human beings and growing up, but if anything, I think many of us, when we look at the generation before us, right, and again, putting them into context, right, this isn't about pointing fingers and blame, this is like paying attention to context. When we look at the context of the generation you know, above us, so our parents, and then we look at them as the children of their parents, right, and, and the complexities and the nuance for each individual family system, but many of us didn't receive a strong model for how to uh, share the load in parenting, how to validate our children's feelings and be present with them, right, Um, in those big moments. Uh, That wasn't really modeled to us how to ask for help. Um, And then when you look at even, you know, beyond family systems and some of the other systems that we find ourselves in, especially here, Western culture, yes. the independence, the the push for, you know, it doesn't count if you don't do it on your own, right? Like oh, uh, the push for you to be able to fully master everything by the time you're six, right? <laughs> like, you, you know, you need to tie your shoes. You need to make your own lunch. You need, you need to be able to get ready and And then when your six-year-old, well, my six-year-old right now is saying, oh, mommy, it's just so hard. I can't get dressed. And in my head, I'm thinking, you know how to get dressed. But our parenting today, we are doing something so different than what we've experienced, than what is ingrained in the roadmaps Mm -hmm. we hold within our mind, which is let's acknowledge these emotions. Let's sit with them. Let's validate them and walk beside them. Yeah. Yeah, I think in so many moments when my child is struggling and needing my presence or needing my emotional support, there is a belief that I've continued to, you know, be in communication with this part of me that believes this, that it gets harder than this, dude. So like, come on, get your shit together, like, you know pull it together. It gets harder than this, you know? Um, and, and really, and I've said those things to him, like it gets harder than this, buddy, you know? And then oof, the minute it comes out, it's just like, ah, but it has come out. And I know that like underneath that is a belief that I had learned that I needed to align with in order to belong, in order to be safe, in order to, you know, yeah, belong and be safe. At the end of the day, those are the two like things that I think we are oftentimes pulled most most dearly to as human beings. Is that I you got to figure out how to do this quickly, 
on your own. Be the best. Don't rest. Be productive. Get a good job. Make others happy. Others happy. Yeah. Uh, don't rock the boat. Um, and I would love to talk with you today a little bit about that, this idea of independence and then and then what we end up really really needing as human beings connection and being able to depend on each other because that is really hard that has been a really hard growth edge for me as an adult and and I can kind of connect to what some of the roots are around that, but I also know I'm not alone. That's the gift, as we said, of doing this work. <laughs> so many of my clients are expressing these same things of, you know, we're talking about things like the, the you know, the unequal division of labor in their home or they carry the invisible mental load. And we talk about activating support in postpartum and, and they're like, yeah, okay, uh, how, how how do we do that? That actually sounds scarier in some ways than yeah. letting go of the, this control. Um, right. Right? And again, the control, underneath the control, really being somebody who, a much more vulnerable experience of anxiety and overwhelm. Hey there, a quick word about our sponsor, Cozy Earth. If you are a Holding Space podcast listener, you know my love for Cozy Earth. I'm wearing, I'm wearing my Cozy Earth joggers right now as I record this. Cozy Earth crafts luxury goods that transform your lifestyle. They've been featured on Oprah's favorite things, and all their products are made from responsibly sourced viscose from bamboo. I wear the pajamas to bed. I wear the joggers to obviously record podcast episodes. I'm wearing it on the bottom when I'm usually seeing clients. That's the joy of teletherapy. I'm wearing it to go pick up the kids. I'm wearing it to go get my matcha. I'm a huge fan. I love their loungewear. Definitely check out Cozy Earth at the link in the show notes. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today, 35% off site-wide when you use the code DrCassidy35. Cozy Earth products also make a really great gift, so go check them out for you, for someone you love. My husband wears them too, something we definitely agree on. All right, go check it out. So talk to us a little bit about this and, and how you address yeah. also in the book. Yeah, so so this is about safety and certainty, mm -hmm. and sure. we as human beings need it is a core longing and need to be dependent with others, to be connected in connection with others. When we feel safe and secure with our attachment figures, who are either our parents growing up, friends, or significant role models, and then our partners, friends. When we're securely connected with those people, which means I can turn to you and reach for you in times of distress and anxiety, mm -hmm. I can offer you support, I know you're there for me, and I can provide you that care. When we have that, we then feel like we can go and explore the world yeah. and do hard things, take risks, show mm -hmm. our vulnerabilities. We, we feel safe and secure. I often use the analogy like a tree. We're, we're firmly planted and rooted. Mm -hmm. And yet what's ending up happening is, and especially with the swing of uptake of information and technology, social media particularly, of how 
these little square box, square images and tiles are giving us big words. So many people today as well are fearing codependency. Mm. So we are now in a, in a time where we don't want to, oh, so many of my clients have come to session after seeing something on social media saying, I'm worried I'm codependent. You know, is this what I'm doing in my relationship? And oh no, this is so scary. And, and what's actually quite interesting is so many people are afraid of any form of healthy dependency and intimacy, but they are swinging so far into independence. And the way you described it already, Cassidy, is in the sense that we have been taught to rely on ourselves, that needing others is bad or a weakness, and that we shouldn't have to show all of that messy stuff to get through the day. And what, what I incur, what, what, is really important and I teach throughout the book through the stories of my clients who come for therapy is that we want to focus on interdependence. And interdependence is about putting together both autonomy, which Mm -hmm. is your independence, which is you as your person, you and your own thoughts and feelings, your strengths, the things you desire and love and need, putting that together with intimacy, which is connection. And it's really like, you know, it's so easy when we sit here and put those two words together. Yes, you have to balance both autonomy and intimacy. And actually, it's the biggest thing that we struggle with. Oh, my gosh. Can I relate to this? And I know so many others can as well. So talk us through, you know, I know that this in the book, it, you dive so deeply into this, but give us Give us a little, a little taste of what this work can look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was working with a client recently um, around setting, setting herself up for the time for herself, and that. So, so I think that example would be someone who's who tends to go more towards that fusion, and that fusion or codependency sounds like. So I'll give the opposite of what independence. Independence sounds like. I don't need you. Mm-hmm. I don't need to share my emotions with you. I'm not going to tell you how things are going. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I've got this. I don't need you. I've got this. I'm doing this on my own. Mm-hmm. Codependency sounds more like. I have this thought about something, but I don't want to upset you. Mm-hmm. Or if you come home in a bad mood, then I'm in a bad mood too because I think it's about me and you must be upset with me. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to do all of these people-pleasing strategies to then, in hopes, keep us safe and connected and to not lose you. Mm-hmm. And so this one example then is where someone says, you know, her partner's like, hey, let's watch a show tonight. Yeah, okay, sure. But she doesn't talk about the need she has to maybe watch her own show. Her partner says, let's go and get dinner together. And she's like, oh, shoot, you know, a friend had just asked me to get dinner. And okay, I'll just say yes so I don't upset my partner. Mm-hmm. Or she would rather go and take a hike and be out in nature. But her partner is like, no, like I like to be social. Let's go meet up with our friends. We'll do this. And so she stuffs down all of those needs and wants and desires because she's trying to maintain the connection piece. She's trying to not upset the other person or have any of that distress, the normal conflict that happens in our relationship that allows us to grow, to understand the other person, and to compromise. That's very important in a relationship. And so then what we've been finding then through our work together is there's a missing need in here, this need 
for control, this need for freedom, which is what we all need. That's part of autonomy. And when we nurture that, we can then also still feel good in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And so then our work together has been about finding I. I would like mm-hmm. some time alone. I'm going to go for a hike. And it's okay if that's not what you want to do. That's something really important to me. Can we go for a hike this time and we'll go out for dinner next time? Right? So it's that compromise and that balance so that the I can be nurtured. And I always loved what Esther Perel had said around intimacy, especially in parenthood. But the number one killer for your intimacy in your relationship is that you lose the intimacy with yourself. Mm. What's, what's really sticking out to me in all this is I think that a lot of times – you know, there's the – there might be, like, just first the experience, right? You experience, like, there's 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 this issue, there's this tension, there's this resentment. Oh, tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then maybe through uh, reflection or supported reflection, like, through therapy, maybe there is sort of an insight that happens of, like, oh, there is this – you know, this sort of uh, people-pleasing part of me, right? Or this controlling part of me, right, that needs control. And I think that we we initially kind of might think of those parts of us labeled as bad, right? Like it's this, my need for control is bad, right? It comes, maybe we even explore all the history around like why control felt like it provided that safety and certainty for you, right? Like Uh why people pleasing maybe even provided like that safety and certainty for you. And gosh, maybe you even flip flop between the two because at the end of the day, they both are bringing like the safety and certainty. But then there, there are these bad parts, these things that I need to like rid myself of. But what I actually hear you saying is that those are just labels, right? Like labels, words that we as humans in our language have, you know, developed a lot of meaning around. But uh-huh. when, if, we, if we remove that la- the label, like the word that has all this like stuff that comes with it, and we just connect with this part of ourselves, that actually that part that had maybe previously been labeled as my controlling part or my people-pleasing part is actually, actually is a part that we can connect with and, and yes, need to understand some of the history around and um, maybe that those parts are jumping in the driver's seat a little, you know, in, in ways that aren't supportive, right, that are more reactive. But that, that quote-unquote controlling part actually might provide you some insight into, into your independence and into your desires and wants and needs. And then, and the people pleasing part, quote unquote, might actually provide some information around your empathy and your ability to notice when somebody is feeling something and 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 lean in. And obviously, both of these parts can sometimes react in a way that is uh, not aligned with our values and is not supportive. Right? It's more reactive, as I had said, but. But that there's actually there's actually a lot of information in there that is helpful. It, it's part of mm-hmm. being a human. Is that is yes. that it? Yeah, and, and I think the piece to add to that then is, and someone had recently asked this question of 
how do I know when my people pleasing is an act of kindness or if it's harming me? Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, values, I, I think the other piece then is coming to consciously choosing, mm-hmm. which is oh, yeah. that awareness of if I do this part, like if I'm acting from this part of me, what is it that I'm needing? And is that aligned with where I want to be? And being able to slow down and ask ourselves that so that Mm. if I'm choosing us and I'm choosing connection, then, you know, in some ways that part of me that says yes to something instead of maybe where I wanted to say no, then that will be more aligned with where I want to go. I'm thinking for some reason my, my husband's dirt biking activity comes to mind and um, of the many solo parenting hours I've spent because his activity takes more time. Mm-hmm. And the moments when I say yes, what I'm doing there is I'm not I'm not necessarily pleasing as a way to stop us from something happening. But I'm saying yes consciously because I'm nurturing our connection because I want to nurture his identity as well Mm. rather than coming from a place of, sure, you can always do what you want because I won't carve out time for my needs and then I'll just Mm. silently grow resentful. It's quite Mm -hmm. different when you look at it that way. Yeah? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So what would be your recommendation for the listener as like a starting off point in terms of a conversation that they might have with somebody that they are kind of navigating this dynamic with, right? Like, because this is the heart of your book is that, you know, we are, we are driven towards connection and we're social creatures. And so it's, it's one thing to kind of build these insights for ourselves and then another to then bring it into the relationship through dialogue and then through change within that context. So how can we begin to have these conversations with our partners or with our, the the person that we are navigating this with? Right. Right. So when we, so sometimes what we do is we like to change something without maybe notifying the other person or yeah. having a conversation about it. Right? <laughs> and they're done that. And, that, and that is just a shock to the system, right? It's like, oh, I've been giving you warm showers and now today I'm giving you a cold shower. Anybody would be shocked by that choice. So, so what we would then start with, I, I always recommend to people we show up looking inwards and within ourselves. And I think in order to do that, we also need to somewhere in the back of our minds remember that that is part of changing the relationship. It's and, and that we, when we want to change what's happening in our relationship, we um, put the problem in front of us so that we can then be shoulder to shoulder. I think that's so important for couples to remember because oftentimes when we're in our relationships, we play singles. Let's say tennis, right? We're playing singles rather than playing doubles. We want to be doubles and see the ball coming at us. I got it. You got it. This is yours. It's out. Leave it, right? So I think that's a a good place to start. But going to your partner and talking about yourself, not what they do, not how they show up or what they should be doing more of, but rather me and myself, which Mm -hmm. is I have been 
reflecting on some things that I'm feeling in this relationship, things that I do that aren't feeling good for me anymore. And I think sometimes what happens for us is, and it could go one of two ways. One is, you know, I, I don't tell you really how I'm doing. And instead, I'm kind of putting forth just this like status quo of, you know, me not vocalizing what I really want to need. And this is something that I think I need to work on for myself. So you might notice me trying to do that a bit more. Or the other way around might be, you might notice that I don't tend to share things with you and I want to start doing that moving mm -hmm. forward, right? So what mm -hmm. what is that shift that we're trying to make in the relationship and letting them know that I think I do this thing. Mm -hmm. um, in the book, I talk about my own marriage and one of the most, and, and I did that because as I'm writing stories about everyday couples, it felt like if I kept myself out, I was leaving a mm -hmm. wall up and yeah. I wasn't allowing myself to be seen yeah. as if here I am a couples therapist and I never have relationship <laughs> problems, which, you know, hey, experts struggle too. Therapists are humans and I wanted to show up with my humanness in this. And so what I talk about also is the moments for myself where I had to learn to step back and that I'm really good at coming in hot and blaming and being like, if you just did, you know, you need to do this and you never or you always, all those kinds of not so helpful ways of communicating. And for me, I had to go in saying, you know, and this could be moment to moment. It doesn't have to be this big conversation, but it might be something like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, this morning when we were getting ready and out the door, I just went to that hot place. And that is something that I'm realizing I do with you when I'm really stressed and overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I want to work on and do differently here. Mm -hmm. So you, I'm giving you permission, you know, for my husband, Greg, like he knows this now. He can call me out on it. He'll be like, hey, where are we going? You, you good? Like we're on the same team. Mm -hmm. And that's enough for me to say like, yes, okay, we're on the same team. I don't need mm -hmm. to tap into this yeah. old strategy that really doesn't work for us. What, what this is kind of making me think a little bit about is, and this is, I think, speaking to some of the invisible mental load, mm. um, is because so, as you were talking, I was thinking about my, myself, you know, at first as, as a therapist and, and how many times in my own marriage, I'm, I'm so surrounded by parenting, you know, Expertise, experts in education and learning and mental health and self-growth. And I mean, it's, it's my job. So I'm constantly surrounded by this yeah. learning and this developing of knowledge right. and ideas right. around change and growth. And, and then, and my husband's not a therapist, you know, like, and he's not like, th these are not the podcasts he's listening to and the things that he's mm -hmm. surrounded by day and day to day, you know? And, and so then a lot of times I come in with my, and I'll come in hot, like you said, like with my new insights and things that I'm learning about. And there can be a lot of frustration on my end first around like, come on, get with the program. Like I'm, I'm learning all these things and you're not. And like, this is, these are the things that we're going to like, I want to start shifting and I want to be in dialogue around. 
And he doesn't have that context or that language or right. And then, so then for him, you know, from what he's expressed, it feels like he's not enough, right? Like he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't know enough. He's not as quick Mm. to the, he's not as quick as I am to like, you know, start implementing these things. And, and and that, it, and that even if he does try, it's not going to be good enough because I'm like, you know, there, there's, there's so much more to learn, right? And, and I, it makes me think about just also like with the world of social media and, you know, I, I mean, I would probably, I have the data from my Instagram account. Like it's like 99% of the people, of the people that follow me are identify as women and, and would yeah. probably mothers. And so they're, we, they're also they're following me, probably also following you, and they're taking in all this information constantly, and their partners aren't, right, And potentially. And so then there's this sort of like coming in, coming in with all this knowledge and things that you want to address – and they're not, and that's and that's not to say that like it's not also on them. It is on them, right? right. Like yes. step in, but there's this dynamic. I just want to name the dynamic and the resentment that's built on both sides. You know, um, the feelings of aloneness that I think happens then on both sides, um, and 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 yeah, we, I don't know where. How do we begin to invite them in? but also invite them in, right, in a way that creates space for them to also make this their own, right, when it comes to sharing the load or even or even more direct, you know, even more about the relationship, like learning how, how to, like your book, right, like how to invite mm-hmm. them into intimacy and connection with between each other. It's just, it feels like a dynamic that so many um, couples are navigating and, and struggling with right now. Yeah, I think this is a really big one right now with social media, and it, I think it's tricky to navigate. There's this element here again. Okay, but I have lots of racing thoughts now. Um, I think the first thing we need to do again is our self work here, and understand what is it that we're longing for from our partner. What does it mean if your partner parents the same way as you? What does it mean about you if they give you the thing you want? And I'll talk personally. I have a validation bucket and it's a big bucket. And I just want my husband to be like, ah, Tracy, good mom. You're just doing a stellar job, right? That's just not really his thing. And if I keep looking up all these things of like, hey, look, this is how you can validate the kids and do this, 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 and look, here's this more data. And did you know I'm looking for that validation? And I have to step back in some way and say, hang on, this is my stuff here. I need mm-hmm. to accept who my partner is. I chose them mm-hmm. because he's holding up this mirror to me of the work I need to do myself. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a certain way and I'm not here to change him. If we are in a relationship to change somebody, it isn't going to work because mm-hmm. they have to want to do that change. They need to do that piece. So we're back to the self-work, which I know is always so incredibly hard, but there is an element of that in there. Yeah, And that, that's kind of the first piece. But I think then the second piece is also where do we go into these conversations around what our values are and how we're doing together in the current state of what, what's working and what's not? Greg and I are trying to be intentional. We're fairly good at doing this about talking 
about how things are going with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, something that worked, something that that we missed, something that didn't work. What do we want our kids to learn from us? What do we want to teach them? And just going from that place first. And when we feel aligned in our values, we both want the, the best for our mm-hmm. children. Then I think we feel more like a team, which means in some ways it eases my fear that we're not on, we're, we're not doing it the same way mm-hmm. and that we're screwing up our kids. <laughs> yeah. So that I think is really important. And then along the way, maybe it's about, I, I think it, one couple comes to mind where they had gotten into this pattern and she's like, well, I, I, I asked you if you wanted help and you snapped at me that one time. And he's like, that was that one time, like, you know, ask me next time, but don't come in telling me what to do in those hot moments. Like Mm -hmm. I got to figure it out too. And it doesn't help when you're like, do this, do that. And right. So it, it is about then creating this shared understanding of how do we want to approach this? And can we also recognize that we're going to be different people. And that is that piece around differentiation, which is important right. to building that interdependence in a relationship. Yeah. You you are going to be different than me. Mm. It doesn't solve the, can you please just read all the Instagram stuff? <laughs> no, and, and you know, and they, they don't. Cassie, I was thinking, I'm like, we need to create a support group for our husbands <laughs> who are married and are in relationship with therapists. But um Gosh, you know, just the reality of that, it's hard. And I hear it from so many people inside my online program, Inside Be Connected, where all of these women, and that's why I created this program, because the women were showing up on my door saying, my partner doesn't want to do couples therapy. They don't want to do the couples work. And so I saw the problem there and I said, okay, I will teach you. You learn how to communicate your needs and feelings. You learn how to express desires and needs. And then you also learn how to communicate in a way that you can learn to compromise and problem solve and validate not just your partner, but also yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think um, I so appreciate all these pieces that you're sharing here. And I just, I know so many, so many couples and individuals can relate to this struggle. And and I, I think, you know, one thing that has come up for my husband and I when I recognize that like he I, I it, it is really important to me that he watch this workshop or read this book right like and and communicating to him and this kind of comes back to something you shared earlier how it has the self-reflection and the insights that I've built within myself and the things that I began to notice in my own relationship with the children as for instance if it's around parenting as I have been as I have been getting to learn these new different approaches reflected on why it was what, what it brought up within me and what I've been getting to notice you know with the kids and when I take that kind of ownership from a more it's been a kind of, it comes from a more like vulnerable place it softens the interaction um, and then and then identifying that like the reality is that you know at least for, in my personal situation, like this is also part of my work, right? And so I, you know, when I'm, when I'm listening to these things, it's also like me doing my job, you know? And so, um, and, and, but this is also part of his job as a parent. And so let's, where can we carve out space for you to 
to engage in some of this learning as well. Mm -hmm. And then we can have a conversation around it. And, and, you know, for instance, I'm going to be spending some time with my parents, with the kids coming up and we made the decision to let him stay home. And I have, my hope is that he just takes a lot of time to take care of himself, but also I've asked him to watch, you know, one of these workshops, these parenting workshops. Um, I know people are going to ask. So yeah, Dr. Becky's, <laughs> you know, get inside one of her workshops and, um, you know, it's, I, and, and he, and he was like, yeah, like, he's like, now we have, I have the space for it. Right. And then we can have uh-huh. conversation around it. And, you know, it, cause it's also, it's also part of his job just in a different way, because it's also a part of my job with my clients. <laughs> Oh, of course. And and the the piece there is the approach that you're taking. It's not the, um, you don't know how to validate your kids. You don't show up for them. You can't even hold boundaries. You have to work, you know, you need to work this workshop, watch this workshop or else, right? Like it's not thrown in, in that way. You're doing this as a, what are our values and how can we then build intimacy, connection by then doing this and talking about it and being on the same page. And And if I can be totally honest though, what you just described as the like not to do approach was actually my first thing I said out of frustration and anger. And then Mm -hmm. power of repair (laughs) came back around and said, you know what? (laughs) That wasn't it. (laughs) That was, um, let me actually share where I think that came from, from my own self-reflection. And, and here's, here, here's how I wish I had approached it. Right. Like, so yeah, that's the honest truth is what you just described was actually the first thing. And so if you're listening and you're like, Ooh, that sounds actually exactly how I've said it. Yeah. (laughs) There's a moment in my book. And after I wrote the chapter, I wrote, a side note on it for my editor. And I said, there's two things showing up for me in this chapter. One um, is is shame. The shame that I'm this couples therapist and I can't even work through this issue with my husband and how painful that is and that I'm not good enough. I can't believe I'm a therapist and I do it this way. (laughs) So that was shame. Mm -hmm. And then the second piece that showed up was criticism. My critical part was like, this? This is what you're going to share with the world? This is what you were fighting about at the time? This is so stupid. You're stupid, right? It just, Mm. it's just this, it's one of the reasons why I love sitting with you, Cassidy, is because you, and truly, even before you and I got the chance to sit together, I remember listening to your early podcast episodes. For those who have not gone back, please go back. They're beautiful. Mm. (laughs) But this is what you do. You teach through your humility and through Mm. your humanness. And you are part of this movement of therapists in this time that is saying, we're not going to show up as inhuman, as blank slates. And actually, we believe that others can grow by seeing us. Mm-hmm. Therapeutically appropriate, of course. But that just that idea that we're messy too. We make mistakes. We have the skills and tools and we still have nervous systems that get flooded and overwhelmed. Yeah. (laughs) And then we keep growing and stretching. Yeah. Mm. Dr. Tracy, it has been a joy as it always is to be in conversation with you. 
Oh, let me start that over. I don't know if you heard that, but a little I did. A little reminder. Let me start that over. Dr. Tracy, thank you so much. It is always a joy and an honor to be in conversation with you. Um, where can the listener find you? Buy your book or pre-order the book if that's the stage that this is in, yeah. right? Like yeah. where where can they do all of these things so that I can share those links in the show notes? Yes. And so people can go to drtracyd.com forward slash book. And there I have some really cool pre-order bonuses for people. Pre-orders are so important for authors. And I know it's hard because you don't get the book right away. And I'm so excited for people to read these stories and I can't wait to hear from others. Um, But when you pre-order, I have some bonuses to help you start having these hard conversations in your relationship Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to wait for that. And you'll get those right away in your email. So, And then also... I love hearing from you. So if something stood out for you from our conversation today, send me a DM on Instagram. That's usually where I'm at, Dr. Tracy D. And Dr. Cassidy, thank you for inviting me here. And thank you for everyone for joining us. Thank you so much. I'll share those links in the show notes. And again, Tracy, thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, you might want to hit that subscribe button to be the first to know when future episodes air and go and explore some of those past episodes. Maybe there's a topic in there that you've really been wanting to learn more about. You can learn more about my private practice as well as my parenting courses and workshops at the link in the show notes. You held space for yourself today. You carved out the time and you tuned into this episode. I hope you take a moment to honor how meaningful that is. Yes, to me for sure, but also for you. Thank you for tuning in and I'll catch you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.